Welcome to Right at the Fork. This is Chris Angeles. We're glad to have you here with us. Um, we have uh, an exciting topic or guest who leads us to talk about uh, pizza, which is always something I love discussing and enjoying. And I think uh, Sarah Minnick at Lovely, Lovely's 5050 uh, makes some incredibly delicious pizza. Her salads are fantastic. Um, and also her ice cream, of course. So what's better than pizza and ice cream? Not much, I think. And uh, Sarah just does a wonderful job uh, using local ingredients for everything that she does. Everything's fresh. The menu changes. And, um, you know, she, she started in uh, so her first restaurant was Lovely Houlihan's, one of my favorite spots when it was open back on Mississippi, uh, where Lovely's 50-50 is too, as a matter of fact. Um, years ago, and she's a local product. Um, got some, grew up in Portland, and in Portland, not the Portland. Should we start referring to him as the Portland? I think that would be interesting. Um, better than Portlandia, we've heard enough of that. But so she grew up in the Portland, and uh, and spent some time on the East Coast in college in design. And I think she makes pretty pizzas. Her Instagram feed is one that you should follow. Uh, it's at Sarah Minnick. As a matter of fact, there might be a Lovelies too. You can probably find it. Um, but uh, I, my only interaction with her has been a little bit back in the kitchen to say hi. And I enjoyed your pizza. And um, where are the gift certificates for this upcoming event? Um, and so today was my first opportunity to sit down with Sarah and have a conversation. And I really enjoyed it. I think we could have gone on longer. I missed talking uh, a little bit about her uh, we talked way back when, when she was in high school and where she cooked, but we didn't really talk about where she, how she got to where she um, is today in terms of her restaurant trajectory. But she worked at some nice restaurants along the way and actually started at the front of the house at Lovely Hands, and now she's in the kitchen. So uh, you will enjoy Sarah. You'll probably enjoy the experience even more if you get down to her restaurant, Lovely's 50-50 and uh, enjoy what she does, um, which I'm hopeful you are motivated to do after you hear my talk with Sarah Minnick. I'm not, oh, now I am. Here we go. All right, a little blip. That's the nice thing about the world of podcasting. We can have blips. Yeah. So um, back to what we were, uh, what you were talking about a little. You went to school for design. Yeah, I did, actually. I have uh, my first degree is in painting. In painting. Fine arts. So are you a good painter? I haven't painted in a really long time. But do other people think you're a good painter? Well, I mean, I don't think other people have even probably know that I used to be a painter. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's been a really, really long time that I haven't painted. So if you don't (laughs) don't paint, does that mean you're all of a sudden not a painter any longer? Is it like like an addiction where you can call yourself an addict for... I think you're no longer a painter if you don't paint. Really? Yeah. Do you ever, yeah. have, you ever have the desire to do so? Yeah, yeah. I kind of think I'll, it's something I'll reserve for like later in life. Good. Hopefully. I think we'll it's see. a good thing to do later in life. Yeah. It's pretty messy. Yeah, but what you're I've doing can get tidy. messy too. Yeah, well, you're t- <laughs> you've, you've honed it. Yeah. I'm a little bit more like, all right, sparseness, no oil paint, no fumes, but you know, you never know. My mom was a painter, but she... She had a little bit of a glass ceiling with it in her day. She graduated from the University of Michigan with a degree in art, 
And she was a wonderful painter, but the best she could do in the 50s was a, a job on uh, Madison Avenue as a secretary. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a little bit like that as a painter, right? You have to do something else. Most painters. To start out for yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. Even in the, well, not necessarily in the restaurant business. You just start at the bottom. Right. That, that has a lot more opportunities. And I feel like to be a painter, you have to live somewhere, sort of. Not to say that there aren't oh, a lot of painters everywhere, but you have to live in New York, right? You have to like really go for it. Actually, I wanted to go get my MFA in painting. I didn't get accepted. I applied to Yale, and Ooh. I didn't get accepted. And so that basically, I moved back to Portland, and I ha- I kept a studio for a few years. If and those restaurants. Y- folks at Yale would have known that you were going to, at some point, oh, no. be the queen of pizza They're somewhere. hardcore. They have no regrets, believe me. They are very, very... Hardcore cutthroat. I know, oh, but yeah. if you'd gone to Yale, just think of the just think of the um, the foundation you would have had when you started making pizza. Well, I would assume that I would actually probably still be a painter had I gone to Yale, just because. Oh, well, that's true. We've taken out a lot of lot of loans, right? Mm-hmm. Very expensive. In and those I days, been you're forced to. You're well, yeah. You're young. It was still expensive. It was cheaper. Then. Oh yeah, I mean it was cheaper than it I is mean, now. I mean, I went sure. to. I just saw my tuition statement from the University of Arizona. It was. Uh, I think nine hundred dollars a semester yeah, for that's tuition. Great. Yeah, out of state school. That's great. Yeah, I'm so hoping today for that a, for my kids. Well, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens in 2016, like, maybe, but I don't. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. So, um, so do you still wish you'd gone to Yale? No, I think that was actually a really perfect thing. I, it was funny because when I was at RISD, where I went to school in Rhode Island. I did a summer fellowship program at Yale. I was nominated out of my class to go to this, um, let's see if I can even remember the name. It was like the Stockel um, Painting Scholarship, and it was uh, six, no, maybe it was six weeks, and it was some in some little obscure town in Connecticut. And we went, and it was like you stayed in someone's house, and it was a group of like 20 students or something like that. From, they selected one from like each top art school, and you went and were taught by awesome painting teachers and famous artists came and gave talks and so I went to that so I sort of thought that <clears throat> after that I'd be sort of a shoo-in for the MFA program mm, yeah, but I wasn't think. they were like oh no 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 and they yeah. admitted you to that internship they, correct? well your so, teachers nominated you your art teachers well, at your given college and then they basically send you it's their choice and you don't remember the name of the little town <clears throat> God, isn't that terrible? Yeah, well, so long. it's not that so bad, long. but I just, uh, I, it makes me feel better about Timber. No, I said uh, I can't remember. Yeah, well, it makes me feel better about my memory I because I, there's it. so much. I had a hard time with Sherwood and Newburgh for so long. I, I would drive, I yeah. would wait to get to them to say, ah, oh, remember what they are when I get to them. So, um, and I live <laughs> in the area now. So, uh, so it makes me feel a little better. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to keep gravitating. I, I will. Resist the temptation okay. to keep talking yes. about pizza at this stage of the conversation. <laughs> but, you know, because you were in that area. Um, and I know I read that you had not been, you have not been to the New Haven pizza. Par- no. Oh, I didn't resist the temptation. No, no, no. That's okay. So, um, but let's, so then you were in Rhode Island. Yes. So how do you like the New England vibe? How does that play? It's cool. It's, it's a so totally different. different vibe than Oregon. I mean, and you I grew was up like, in Oregon. Oh, yeah. I was shocked. Like the first time I went to New York City, I think my dad took me when I was like 16. I was shell-shocked. I could not believe it. I was so exhausted. You know, I just could not fathom this place. I did, was really... Do you remember I, what you did in New York? That's stayed. something that's easier to remember. Yeah, we stayed. We went to art museums. We stayed with a friend of his from college, and they lived in Williamsburg, and we stayed there. I mean, it was 25 years ago. And um, they just took us around. We went to museums. And, um, I mean, it was really fun. 
but I remember just being like, whoa, eyes opened. I think I was like, maybe I was 15. It's, yeah. it's, uh, <clears throat> it's intense. It's very you know, when you used to, especially Portland years ago, was yeah. smaller. Oh, yeah. It's not large now, but even going now to New York, it's uh, just, you know, looking up, it's a whole different thing and the crowds and the people. And, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time there in the last, I moved out here 10 years ago. So I've been in the city maybe twice since mm-hmm. then because yeah. I visited back east. But, you know, I would imagine it's a, it's a different thing. Everybody's looking down now instead of up. I just mentioned looking up. Now everybody's walking around looking at their phones. Yeah. I would imagine there's a lot of pedestrian fatalities. Yeah, well, I don't know about <laughs> fatality. Yes, they, they build to fatalities. They start with a bump and then go from there. Yeah, yeah. But it's got to be. Probably. That's everywhere. I haven't even really yeah. thought about that, but it, it is everywhere. But in New York, that would be a particular problem because you can't really look down for too no, long. You can't. Your peripheral vision. And you get mugged. That's how you get mugged, walking around yourself. Yeah, well, that right? was the 70s and 80s. I think maybe now, too. Yeah. Well, now you can mug everybody because everybody's on their phone, right? That was like the target. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, so that's, I really haven't, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from a lot of urban congestion. So that's the target is people not paying attention and looking down. Those are the on mugging targets. That makes oh, yeah. perfect sense. I've heard that before. Yeah. I've never been mugged, luckily. I don't know. I'm not yeah. speaking from I'm, experience. <laughs> well, do we have any wood? There's no wood in here <laughs> right over there and I'm not going right. to get up. Knock yeah. for both of us. <laughs> don't want to have that happen. So... Um, I'll talk a little bit about Rhode Island and what you had in mind. So you wanted to be a professional painter. What kind of paintings, what kind of painting were you doing? I think it's just something that I was doing in high school. I had great art teachers and I just really loved it. And so I just thought, well, you know, that's really like the one thing I have a passion for. And so I ended up going to school for it. And, um, I think I envisioned myself maybe being a teacher or something, a painting teacher. Um, but really I just, you know, when you're that young, I feel like it's pretty hard to decide or maybe fathom what you're going to do with your life and so I think it was just the one thing I loved yeah or or accurate yeah you're like what will I do but that and and for a lot of years after I got that degree I felt sort of guilty like I had kind of wasted my degree a little bit because I was like man I could have gone for like architecture I could have gone for something to get me this great job afterwards you know and that in in the end now I mean not in the end but like I, I see it now as more of a doorway and it really did help shape like my visual interests and I'm a very visual person and um, you can see that so that was on your Instagram. That was major. They, now I know that was major. So yeah. You're just painting with food. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I can see all those things. And also I can sense like it's helpful with ingredients. Like I can see things and see, you know, things that will work well and kind of get the feeling for how tactile they are, or you know, stuff like that. So it's funny now. I don't feel that way. But for years after I was like, what the hell? Degree in painting? <laughs> you know, well, but in those days and <laughs> nowadays you have to focus a little more because it's so competitive it's so expensive you can't waste that time it's a it's a yeah. whole different ball game now with the the cost of education so oh, it's yeah. changed quite a bit so you grew up around here what are your food memories of portland growing up okay so when i was like uh, this place is still around but like i have pretty vivid sort of building blocks for food and they're not like you know they're pretty simple but when I was in high school, my art teacher's friends opened up this cafe. It was called Dots. I think it's still around. It's not owned by the same owners. And it was it owned sold by two a couple sisters. of years ago, yeah. unless it had sold a few times from th- then to now. But. Yeah, no, I think they owned it for a long time. I remember mm-hmm. going there not too long ago, and they were both there still working. But So these two sisters opened this restaurant, and then pretty much when I got my driver's license, when I was like 16, I would drive over there with my little friend like every Friday and hang out. You know, that's very, it was, you could be, it was like all ages 
and they had pool and whatever else. And so, I mean, hung out there a million times. That with like the Pied Cow, where I worked. Which actually. is where you were, mm-hmm. What What was the Pied Cow all about? That also was a huge building block for me because the owners, uh, Brad and Jennifer, um, I sort of really watched them as an example. They opened this business on a shoestring, bought that house for nothing. It wasn't really a rough neighborhood back then, a little bit. You know, where, where on was? Belmont. It's uh, right across from Zupan's on Belmont. Oh, an old okay. Victorian house. I, and they lived I wish upstairs. I could go back to the future because I had never, not been in Portland until the mid to early two thousand, early to mid two thousand. Yeah, so. I mean back then, you know, you when you were younger, you just wanted a place you could like ride your bike and sit outside and drink coffee. That's basically what we did. You know, they're all very like healthy. We didn't, <laughs> was was it a bike? Was it as much of a bike friendly? town city back then not as high tech as it is now i mean now you see like these hardcore commuters i just had this old beater bike you know that i would just like take to city bikes and they would work on for me when it was all messed up and like i had this like basket on the front i had like like live flowers in it you know i was just like living it up i don't know it definitely wasn't like the sort of commuter scene that's going on now which is and they didn't have bike lanes and all that and they didn't talk about portland as a but I'm asking the question, no. did they, they didn't talk no. about it. And if they did, where would I hear it? I was like young. I well, watched, I just, re- you know, bikes no, were very supported. important to me as a kid growing yeah. up in a suburban area, bikes and then my thumb. Oh, yeah. We actually yeah. used to hitchhike. I never did that, but bikes, yeah. Oh, man, we used to hitchhike <laughs> all over town and it was our friend's mothers picking us up and they oh, wouldn't cool. even say, be careful. They would just pick us up and take us to yeah. drop us off. Yeah. Which is pretty funny, but uh, yeah, no, shelter, we didn't have that. community. Yeah, not um, so much. But uh, but yeah, it's evolved a little bit. And so you did you used to go uh, there, and then you ended up working there. Is that how? Yeah, actually, then the other place I worked, I worked for coffee people. This is when I was like, I think I was probably eighteen, and I got a job running the drive-through at the coffee people. And now it's a Starbucks, I think. But um, I worked there in the Starbucks. summer. Yeah, right, right. It was on <laughs> Grand or MLK or whatever, and. Uh, they, the owners of the Pied Cow used to come there all the time. And so they, they knew me as a customer because, like, I was one of their only customers when they first opened. I mean, I would mm. go there, like, religiously with my friends, you know, and hang out. It's a cool spot. And so they asked me if I wanted a job. And I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? That would be the coolest job, you know. So I was totally psyched. Before it was really, before it was designated as cool, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. What, I yeah. don't know what a barista would be. Yeah, no, it was cool. Trust me. It was awesome. Yeah, Yeah. no, it was great. I I loved going there. I loved working there. I mean, honestly, didn't really even feel like a job. Like, I loved it. Do you have any memories from, like, when you were a little kid, your initial food memories? What was your family life like? (laughs) Well, we lived in Rose City Park. And, you know, my mom cooked a lot. I wouldn't say that we went out to eat a lot. It wasn't a big deal. Um, So... Uh, that what was kind sort of, of non-existent. She cook? How many, Weirdly, how she would make pizza on Fridays. I have one sister who I run the business with. Mm-hmm. My mom also um, is part owner of the business now, and oh, she that's works cool. there. Yeah, um, that's right. I read where she was chopping wood at some. Yeah, point. but luckily she doesn't do that anymore. I we figured, figured that. All I figured out. when I read that, that was probably a while ago. She really used to. Happening. It wasn't with an axe. It was with a hydraulic wood chopper. Oh, okay. It's still a pain in the butt. I mean, yeah, it's still chopping. You can still say. Oh yeah, she used to have to do it, and I was like, you know what? Let's get someone else to do this. This is sort of an evil job, and we need a lot of wood. So, and how much? Just well, let's go forward and then back. But how much wood do you need a day? I mean, we go through a cord every three weeks, probably. Oh, that's quite. So a we get that's two cords delivered, and we have we chop it in big racks. Um, I don't know; they're what like five feet by four feet, and we go through one a day or two days. Where's maybe. it coming from? We get it from. Um, well, we kind of just 
we get it from various people. I'm not even sure. They're sort of just like wood, firewood people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like, they'll come drop you a couple cords, and they'll be wet or uncured. Or, and so it's kind of a shystery business. You just kind of always, like, I hope. You don't have suppliers that you can count on for, we for do, seasoned wood? We do now, actually. We have someone who's kiln-drying wood, and they have been consistent, which is good. It comes from, it's from nearby, from Oregon, you know. Okay. Um, well, back to your childhood when there, where there, when there were more trees, yeah, I yeah. suppose. Maybe, <laughs> right. Maybe not. Who sometimes. knows? You know, they're probably actually <laughs> chopping them down without all the laws. I don't know when the, uh, when the laws started hit taking place oh, yeah. and replanting and yeah. reseeding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, these some the lady that we get wood from, she has this big property that they're from, her own property. So I don't know what all the rules are around that. But So growing up in Oregon, did you appreciate the beauty of this area? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons I was so shocked when I went to New York. I was like, whoa, because Portland is very <laughs> scenic, like yeah. literally. And I we didn't travel much when I was little. We'd drive up to Seattle where my grandma lived, you know, or mm-hmm. Spokane where my other grandma lived. So. You know, but um, yeah, I was very used to all those trees. I'm very like I was very shocked not to see them or have them. Well, I just wonder that people growing up here who don't have the perspective of you know much time in the desert or Manhattan, as you said, that they would just take it for granted that everything looked like this I did and wouldn't that. appreciate yes, it. Yes, so. yes, absolutely. And now I think I mean I'm a lot like I wouldn't be shocked to go to New York. And since I went to school in Rhode Island, we went there. You know. Every, once a month or something so it feels much more comfortable and it's not scary to me at all to travel and see different places but you know when you're young there's just probably that one day where you realize like whoa you know there's not everything looks like this yeah so I, I traveled quite a bit when i was younger i was lucky to do that but then college was a whole when, when you're actually spending a good period of time in a new environment yeah. then that's when you start to see it it's one thing to go somewhere on a vacation and go back. Yes. It's like going to a movie. Yeah, yeah. I and think then, you just get used to the difference. You're like, okay, so Rhode Island is beautiful. It doesn't really look like Portland, and the winters are horrible. But <laughs> and, the, <laughs> and I just read uh, this morning that the Farmer's Almanac said that they're going to get hit, the Boston area, uh, again, like they did last year. Not that I necessarily believe that, but the concept of that is probably horrifying yeah. to no, most it, people. it's horrible. Yeah, I think I would move immediately to Oregon. I, I did. <laughs> And yeah. pretty much for that like, reason. Let's not stay for this. Yeah, no, I, I actually, it was uh, the uh, 19th snowstorm in January of 2005 that uh, a friend of mine, I'd been mulling over this idea of moving to Portland, a friend of mine, I was bitching about calling the plow person one more time, and oh, she yeah. said, you know you want to go. Yeah. And I actually, the next call was to my realtor. Yeah. Which was, you do want to go. It's and true. And it's so nice. Not to, <laughs> You know, I have to say, I love all my friends back there, and I don't know how I feel. I, I can't really put my finger on how I feel, but personally, from a selfish standpoint, to watch those winters and be out here. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's some nice people thing. love those. You know, I've had friends move back east. Well, I yeah, remember to some a point. scenic H- How many days. people do you know moving to Buffalo? No, if they no, really no, love no, it, they're no. not doing that. No, but like I've had a few friends move to like Boston, you know. Yeah, well, it's a cool city, yeah. but but if you're not going there just for the snow, you're not going there to say, no, hey, I really love this. And, you know, if you want to ski, you can be out here. And that's one, of the, that's one of the beauties of being out here. You can be in a pretty mild climate, but ski, but surf. Yes. If you want. Oh, yeah. No. Seriously. Did you do great. that when you were a kid? Did you get out to the coast quite a bit? Family vacations? Um, what did your no. father do? My dad, um, he has actually been retired for a long time. Um, so my parents are divorced and my dad's remarried. 
and um, he is now does like some photography work, sort of freelance photography work. And um, but he was a software consultant and he traveled a lot. And so we would go to like that's why we went to New York and we would go to like the Bay Area and stuff and hang out. But like I, we never went to Europe or anything like that. My mom was an accountant mm-hmm. and she's still our accountant now, even though she's retired and works at the restaurant. And um, so, you know, really. I can't say that we did too many things. Not in a bad way. I did go to Australia when I was younger. Well, I guess good. that's where we went. I have memories of that. But, you know, it wasn't like a big part. And it's still actually not really a big part of my life. I'm like, meh. I like to go to the Bay Area and stuff like that. But I'm not like, um, you know, a big traveler. Or I don't desire that, really. I kind of travel and I just think I kind of want to go home. <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> we're, we're glad to get away and then we're glad yeah. when the... Uh, um, and I've only felt like that more so when living here. Yeah. When I lived in Connecticut, getting back to Bradley or JFK or LaGuardia was not oh, yeah. always a pleasant no. concept. But no. I'll tell you, when I fly into PDX, I'm always happy. Oh, yeah, it's so easy. No, it's easy. It's, it's not a big a, damn it's a, deal. It's a great place to be. Yeah. So a software engineer, did you say engineer? Consultant. Consultant. Yeah. In, that was, what, the 80s, 90s? Yes. Uh-huh. He was, he was on, the, on the forefront of uh, nerdism. Totally. Yeah, he was. Yes. So what did what did you do as a software consultant back then? There wasn't a lot of software to work on. Well, his company was called American Software, and basically, because I remember asking him, and it's by your the way, job. Getting that name now would be pretty funny. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they would, like, sell companies software, I guess, for sis- different systems, and he would go teach them how to use it. You know, that's basically it. And it was kind of like a highfalutin job. I remember him flying out, buying nice suits at Mario's and like doing all that stuff. But, you know. Well, that's cool. I actually worked in an ad agency. We worked on a, uh, with a company. Our client was a company called KJ Software. And I remember, and this guy had a lot of money and he was just developing software for salespeople, tools for sa- and uh, you look back and how rudimentary it was. Oh, totally. It was like you got a floppy disk and booted it up. A whiteboard would... with some pen. Like I remember too, he'd do lots of flow charts, you know, <laughs> like I mean, <But> now. <laughs> it's pretty amazing how much it's evolved. But the minor thing, ty- smallest little thing, they had so many people working on it and so many things oh, yeah. went wrong. It never worked. Yeah. It yes. never worked properly. Which is. <laughs> there wasn't even any hardware to run it on. Anyway, so. Um, that's often a tangent. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> but I wanted to build to get to where you are today. Um, so you had some experience as a teenager in restaurants yes. or coffee. Yeah, you know, pretty small, pretty small overall. Um, I remember, like, my mom would take us out. She had spent some time in Japan, so we would go eat at, like, Japanese restaurants. That was her big deal if we went out, you know. Did they have steaks. them here? What was here yeah, then? Yeah, I can't even remember. Was Murata? Do you know if Murata no, was here then? No, I don't think so. I don't know how um, old that is. Yeah, no, and I can't even remember the name of them, you know. But like that was we it was maybe one downtown. I mean, I was pretty little, so that was sort of one thing, or you know. But it really was sort of reserved for special occasions. But now, I mean, like, well, in my circle, I feel like I eat out often. You know, I love to eat out, so I sort of make it a part. My kids will be like, "Oh, we always got drag places." <laughs> I'm sure they'll be like, "Oh God, <laughs> she either made pasta or drag us to restaurants." <laughs> you felt like you were dragged. <laughs> No, no, I mean, my kids are going to say Oh, that, your kids. My your kids, kids are going to be like, you're dragging Oh, those us. poor people. No, those I know. Kids. Those poor kids. It's true. Mine were the same way, and they still are. They, yeah. You know, they would prefer to eat home or hmm. uh, one of my my oldest, I mean, his whole thing is going to Whole Foods or, or New Seasons to order sandwiches. I oh. saw hmm. him last night. What would you have for dinner tonight? Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. But um, 
Yeah, kids don't view it as I think I think if they could go to kid restaurants by themselves yeah. and eat, they'd be happier, but it's the parental kid involvement. Yeah. Unfortunately, someone's got to pay the bill. Right. Exactly. I know. You have to sit here with me and we're going to hang out. <laughs> You're going to have to eat ribs. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> so actually, while we're on that subject, but I want to get back to like around 04, 05 when I first came out here and you had lovely hula hands. Yeah, yeah. But but while we're on the subject of where you go, where do you, where where are you liking in Portland right now? You know, I feel like there's tons of good options, and I a kinda, couple. Yeah, <laughs> a, little, <laughs> right? a few Just more a few. than when you were going to um, dots. I uh, you know I kind of feel like I have like a, a sort of a committee that I live with. My mom lives behind me in a studio, and then my sister bought the house next door, so we live oh, like you... in this sort of idyllic area. But we're always sort of wrangling like what we're going to cook, where we're going to eat. We're always like kind of doing it as a communal decision, and there's a lot of people to consider. So, mm-hmm. um, do you ever say I'm out? You guys just decide. Do I ever say I'm out? Probably not. I feel like I'm kind of... Of the decision process. No, I'm totally the jerk who always has to make the decision. Or I don't think... I don't think my mom and sister care so much if I do, but I might be wrong. (laughs) But anyway, I'm always like, let's do this. Let's just do this. But they make... You know, they have their own little go-tos. You know, they'll always go to Nongs. They love Nongs. And all Mm -hmm. the kids love Nongs. So it's like, that's Mm -hmm. super, super easy. And it's simple. Yep. Super simple. It's good. It's totally authentic. I love that her new brick and mortar place. It's really. We go there. I mean, I don't think we, well, last time we went there, my son tried to pee on one of the potted plants because he thinks that you can pee on trees. And so that was sort of the end of that. We're not going to go back for a little while and eat yeah. in. We're going to take a break. You can, can't you? Right <laughs> no. court? Right court? No. You can pee it was face. inside. There was one inside. And so seriously caught oh, him oh, in the oh, nick of time. Oh. It was like a potted plant in the restaurant. Oh, that's good. It was bad. That's yeah, a we new were one. Like, we're not going to eat in. We're going to get to go. I've never had that urge. <laughs> well, you're not. Get, you, maybe when you were four, you probably did. I maybe. You probably but, didn't know. Yeah, like but the outdoor so, yeah. thing. So yeah, well, if I take, if, if it's just me and the kids, like we live sort of close to... Uh, we go to Padna's and like because it's sort of good for everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. I feel like all the kids will really eat there, and they have a great beer selection, and um, it's like easy to do with kids. And it, but it's not just like a kid restaurant, you know. And it's fun. And what do you like there? I I tend to think his barbecue is great. You can get a lot of good barbecue in Portland now. Yeah. Um, but his side dishes to me are what what stand, makes Padna's. Oh yeah, apart. I mean, I get the thing where you make like burrito. You get like ta- it's called like platos tejano. You get like all these uh, tortillas and you put all the stuff inside, and then you just make like a giant burrito out of it with like a bunch of salsas and whatever else. And the kids just split whatever. So yeah, mac and cheese, beans. They just split something. They're pretty like meat eaters, you know. Mm-hmm. But they really are after like a grape soda. That's their big thing that they want to get. So I'm always like, that, let's go to Pondas. You can get a grape soda. And they're both like, okay. That's really funny yeah. because just the other day I was <laughs> noticing on Rodney's um, either Instagram or Facebook, he had truckloads of wood oh, delivered yeah. from Texas. Like, yeah, we don't had, have enough here. Well, no. We've but he's got to get mesquite, I guess, or what whatever. What I was telling you about the shysters, it's very hard to find really actually seasoned wood. It's very important for him. It's more important for him than me. And so we had a lot of conversations about dry wet seasoned wood whatever and so he eventually that's his solution which is smart so we're gonna we're, actually that's a nice segue and um into what you do with local ingredients and and the portland restaurant food scene because it's very important for people to understand what they have here so you have a guy yeah. like rodney who's serving reasonably priced food very reasonably priced yeah and he's shipping wood up from Texas. There's that much love and thought going in. He could just 
well, get it from anywhere. Yeah, yeah. No, and, it's and frustrating, he's too. And sourcing his food there, too. too. So <laughs> here you go there, and it's a reasonably priced food with everybody putting that love and soul into it. And you do that, too. So Yeah. I mean, we are really lucky. When I went to, I went to, uh, last, in March, I went to Phoenix and Tucson and Flagstaff and, like, did a little, like, pizza tour or whatever and hung out and... I went to the farmer's market in Tucson, and I was seriously, like, so excited about what the possibilities were going to be. And, um, yeah, it wasn't actually a farmer's market. There were people, like, selling, like, broken cookies, and they were, was like, open Fourth carry. Avenue? Was it the 4th Avenue Street I don't there? even know. No, it was the farmer's market. Like, a friend of mine sells bread there. And so I was really thinking about all this local produce and all these things. There's nothing there. He's it's like, dry. He's it's like, desert. No, no, there are farms there. I right, know, but they're you know, not like here. They're not like here. But it's also not organized like here. Right. So that's part of the that's part of the thing. But I was actually like kind of like, whoa, okay, broken cookies and weird like Mexican produce from Mexico. You know, okay. So it was sort of like interesting. And he's like, and uh, even because um, I I met Chris Bianco on that trip, and I was talking to him, and he's like, it's not like Portland. <laughs> I was just like, I guess yeah, Portland is world class like farmers market. Seriously, farmers is, market. It's and amazing. Plural. There's so many yeah. of them, and they're all well done. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, uh, so we're really lucky. A lot of those, you know, the organization that organizes all of those farmers and brings them together. I mean, it's not even that old. But it's pretty, it's pretty um, condensed and like a lot of variety. And there's there's a lot of ways to celebrate the farms here and what they do. I mean, there's that. There's Erica does her plate and pitchfork dinners, which I think are just something you have to do. They're so Oregon. Yeah, and yeah. Now you see more of them. They're they're just little pop ups sprouting out of well, like farmers and, and restaurant people are making that direct connection, and it's like really important and really cool. There's no middleman, you know. It's basically like you met the you met the farmer, you buy his produce, his or her produce, and you cook it and you sell it, and it's like it's pretty amazing. I mean, you the the path is short, and you get all that stuff within a day of it being picked, and you're just like, okay, done. So so how does that work for you? And at some point, I'm, I'll get back to some places that you go. But how does that work for you on a daily basis? Do you, are, you're in, you have obviously a pretty uh, tight communication situation with your farmers. Do they tell you what's coming? Do they show up? And here it is, and you'll that say, I'll take that. That has started to that, happen, that. which is really cool, to sort of like drop by with a box of like cool stuff. Um, but no, they send out a list every, usually most of them, most of them deliver on Tuesdays or fr- and Fridays and so they send out a list, and you basically email back with your order, um, and you give that to them the day before, and then you get it the next day. And then, so, so how long is that order? Everything's got to be fresh. So yeah, they pick it to order. You so basically it's weekly. Order, they it's pick a weekly it. thing. Well, it's a it's a twice weekly thing. The twice deliveries. weekly thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and but then I go get a lot of stuff at the market too because I like to pick it out. So I get you know I sort of have a good mix, and a lot of times like farms will put the list. You know they'll have a lot more variety at the market. So, so it took me a while to get used to this with pizza. And and I'm, I, I understand it now, but when I started going for pizza here, and you can do it at Shoals um, and other places, but I was like, I want just what's the base and what do I add to it myself? Yes. Yeah. And because like sausage and onion or whatever it might be, but in many places it's does I don't know if you want to call them designer pizzas or farmer, but uh, ingredient driven. And I got always used to get a little frustrated that no, I have to have kale on this pizza too. Oh, I don't yeah, want. No. I don't you want. You can the build kale. your own anywhere. 
Who's not letting you build your yeah, own? Yeah, well, but you I... You gotta be able to do that. That's a tradition. I'm like, that is a diehard tradition. You cannot get in the way of that. But it's you know? not up front. There's no... Yeah, you don't, it's not and you, There's like on... I don't know if it's on your menu, but I don't think. It doesn't say build your own. No. Oh, no, no. You no. have to inquire. Honestly, a lot of people... Now, sausage onions, one thing, but a lot of people have a terrible idea about what to build their own with. And do, really would you tell them, no, combo. I'm not doing that? No. No. You'll do it. Sometimes I'll say, you know what, I suggest this instead because this is better. But, you know, this will work better. Just in my mind. And then, but, but no. there, there, are, there are people that are adamant, the That's narcissists that out there tradition, who man. have to think do that not, they know better than you. Do not even get in the way of that. That's an American tradition. Still. Yeah. And so it's a right. <laughs> especially, yeah, with pizza, you want what you it's want. It's a right. I'm but right. I, no, but I was always of it. the mindset there, that I, it took me a while to um, evolve on that concept because... New Haven, man, it's just, you know, sausage. Uh, modern pizza has the Italian bomb, which is like everything. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I grew up with that kind of stuff. And then I came out here and I felt like, well, it's Portland. It's impolite to say I don't want the kale on there. That's the that's the chef's idea. And they think it's good. So oh, I don't I don't think people think it's impolite. They do it like it happens all. The so time. this is one particular instance that the that on the index of politeness, I'm. Running yeah, you're good. You're good to go. Just be like, wow. I want this. That's what people do all the time. There good. are impolite things. To all right, do, well, I can check that one, one off the list. I don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I told somebody the other day because people like some of my cooks in the kitchen will be like, oh, if they see like a sort of pizza that someone's build your own, they'll be like, oh god, and I'll be like, you know what? That's just a right. Don't give, don't even think about it. You got to do it. It's like tasting ice cream. You know, you might get annoyed by people coming up and tasting all the flavors. In fact, I get like resumes of people who want to scoop ice cream and they're like, I love ice cream. I really want to scoop ice cream. It's like, it's not if you love it. It's if you don't get sick of people asking you for a thousand million tastes of all different flavors and mm-hmm. having a really hard time to decide. That's like that's the what job description. Do. The precedent has been set. You can't, Taste you have everything. to be nice. You have to be the nicest person in the world. I actually don't even care if you eat ice cream. I don't care. It, that's not it. My uh, my son had a job at Baskin Robbins and he had to quit because he said I just can't deal with it. the people and the little kids with the indecision and it's horrible. It's like Carter. People will him and ha and just it's like I don't want to say it's horrible, but it's like it's one of those things where if if that's not your thing, if you can't stand that, don't have that job. <laughs> that is not your job. All right, or don't do ice cream. You got to have a nice young All right. person doing I, that. And look know? at Tyler Malik, the nicest guy that uh, you'll <laughs> ever meet, and Kim. And he that's, probably doesn't have to do that. No, he doesn't job. have to do that that's, anymore, but. But it starts at the top and works and permeates an organization, and that's what it has to be. So I'm sure it's the same where you are. What is the uh, what is the best pizza you've ever made that you've said? Oh, that, I think that is my that's my gold that's standard. That's just whatever the newest pizza I made that day is. I think. All right. I really seriously do love the change of things, and I leave stuff behind, and I like move forward. I mean, but yeah. is there one that you ever ate and thought at the moment this is? Yeah, I have. I mean, I have a special uh, soft spot for the nettles pie that we do usually in like March when nettles come, because it sort of like signifies the spring coming and like that that first day when you even see nettles, you see them start to pop go. up, and then the forager brings you the big bag. Man, it's like it's like Christmas. That's probably one of my all time favorite. Pies. And what do you? What's on the part? What's on that? Pizza? It has like dried. Mo- it has. I'm sorry. It has aged moths and it has telegio. Mm-hmm. See, we call it moots. Moots. Sure. Yeah. Um, it has telegio, it has La Quercia pancetta, and the nettles. It's really good. It's and so that's skunky and good. It's very simple. March, April? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I yeah. have to remember that. This year was a little earlier. I think uh, we got them in February. Everything was earlier yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. This year was like crazy, very prolific year for all that stuff. So what do you think, the what what is on your mind for 
So this should start streaming in uh, late September or October. What's on your mind for the fall? You know, I always get scared this time of year because I'm like, oh, no, I start to see things change. And I, in my mind, a lot of times, like, farms will close. And so I get scared of that. But so far, a lot of farmers are adapting to, like, winter farming and doing a lot of things that are, you know, flourishing during those months. And last year, I, I think I only had to order from, like, a produce company a couple times. I really just made it work. You know, I just, like, had a lot of storage crops and stuff like that. So, but, so I do start getting a little anxious around this time. Because winter squash, I get sick of it real fast. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, God. Well, then you go so. for this. Then you just concentrate on the proteins. Yes, it's true. Make um, sausages. That's what I would do. Make Use fish. Use some seafood. Stuff like that. You know, but there's still, still a lot of stuff coming up. But we've passed the time. Spring is like the big time where you're just like, hey, everything comes yeah, out. Yeah, but you're a year-round business, so you can't. Yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. So uh, I've got to ask the question. And so you just triggered me. The, a white clam pizza. Do you make a white clam pizza? I'm sure I have made Will one. Will you please make I a have made one, I think. Yeah. With the clams on it? or yeah. I mean, With the shells on it? Oh, or yeah. Not? With no, the clams no, on no, it. No, no, it's no. the shells on it. No, no, no. Dude, no, no. then they open up on the pizza and no. get their juice all over. That's the way you do it. No, that's what that's what you say. But what, it's you not get the like they... a bucket of already shelled clams and put them on there? No, they shuck them and they shuck oh. themselves, put the clams on, and the clams, the clams cook into the pie, so you get the flavor of the clams in the pie, which you don't get with the shells. And by the time the shell, you take the shells off and put... Uh, it's the pizza's cold. I'm okay. just I'm just telling you my perspective. Okay. I will think on this. So I mean, there's a reason people <laughs> are standing in line in New Haven for this I'm for white clam pizzas. I'll I'll send you the research. <laughs> okay. okay. So uh, ice cream also. Yeah. How'd you start with ice cream, or why did you start with? Um, they're two wonderful things, right? Pizza and ice cream. What could be better? Yeah. For a night out than I that. I think it really started uh, when I used to work with. Troy McClarty at Lovely Hula Hands, and he used to make ice creams. I didn't know that's where mm -hmm. he was. Yeah, he was the chef for a few years at okay. Um And so um, he used to make ice creams, and they were always really good. And I just remember thinking, like, at the time, I thought it was like, wow, he's kind of fancy. And then so I started to make them at home. And we went on a few trips to the Bay Area, and there was a lot of, like, ice cream shops popping up there. Uh, one in particular called EC that's in Berkeley. And we went there, and a friend of his owned it, and we... You know, ate a bunch of really awesome ice cream, and I was totally impressed. And I was like, "Why does not Portland have a shop like this?" You know, with like they have like twelve flavors. I don't know. You know, eight years ago maybe. Oh, okay, so ago. this is before you opened. Yes. The pizza. Uh -huh. place. Yeah. So I kind of thought oh, I'd like to open an ice cream shop, but I thought, well, I don't really know if I want to do that all winter too. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, we also went to Chez Panisse, and they had great pizzas there, and that sort of got the you know my mind on opening pizza place, ice cream shop. Combo. So where did the name Lovely Hands come from? That It's named after a song, mm -hmm. and we thought it was funny because it sort of like sounded like Lovely Hands, like Irish bar type of place, play mm -hmm. on words. And we had the sheet music for this Hawaiian song. And, and, um, and so that's where that's from. That was a delightful little restaurant. I was yeah, happy. No, to, was. That was one of the first, when I started discovering there was a little scene here, I had a friend who helped me discover that. She... That was high on her list, so we, we visited there a few this, times. The second one, the two-story one? The two-story one. Yeah. I know mm -hmm. that because I remember looking out on the street. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, I was pleased to see that you opened your pizza place, and I had never heard of I had heard of it. I, and then when I was doing my Portland Food Adventures thing, and we did yeah. an event with John Gorham, mm -hmm. top of his list, 
Yeah. Love Lovely's fifty fifty. Yeah, he's nice. He's he's <laughs> awesome. And but ever since it's always when and I always I talk a lot about pizza too much. Yeah, I love pizza too. Yes. And uh but Lovely's always is on the top of the Portland lists and those lists are becoming more and more important. Oh yeah. Who's yeah. who who else is on your list for pizza? I, I, I know you like a pizza shoals. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I need to try a lot of the new place, pizza places open. I'm kind of waiting until after the summer because it's been a pretty exhausting summer. But um, my friend and actually someone that I used to work with, two of my friends opened Handsome Pizza, um, Will Fane, who is, was always the owner of it when it was in the little cart. Did you ever go there? No. Oh, yeah. It was, in, it was on Greeley and Killingsworth. Mm-hmm. And he always made an awesome pie in this kind of like homemade kind of rattly oven. And, um, and then so actually a guy that used to work for me named Matt Kedzie is also one of the owners. And they moved up right next to Potna's and they opened a pizza place. And I haven't been there yet. It's just been it for called? a couple of weeks. Handsome Pizza. Oh, that's handsome. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and then, um, you know, so I haven't been up there yet. I got to get up there. But I'll eat pizza out, you know, if I'm in wherever I am. If they have pizza, I'll definitely get it. Nostrana's pizza is awesome every time I go. Seriously, mm-hmm. so perfect and so good. Mm-hmm. And we um, love the scissors. I think that's kind of fun. Yes. That's another place I could take my kids with the scissors. They're stoked on that. So, you know, it's really that. cool that we're having this conversation about pizza and we're going to get back to it. But to go to New Haven, yeah. none of the New Haven places would ever even mention no. another New Haven pizza place. Oh, so, really? Oh, yeah. Oh. That's one of the things that attracted me to Portland yeah. so much was that it's a totally different vibe. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, I know. You, I think it's easy to be that way. If you, you know, mention but... Pepe's to Bill Costari and Modern, <laughs> you can see the, the Italian rage start to... It's, it's kind of awesome. Yeah, it's kind of it's both. <laughs> that's what makes them what they are, yeah. right? That gives them their that's personality. Genuine. Yeah, it's, it's going to take a lot for them to change that. Yeah, no. Know? So, but out here, it's a completely different thing. So, where yeah. else? Where else? Uh, Pizza. Do you like do you do you like Ken's? Yeah, I yeah. love Ken's. I mean, now I haven't been there in a long time, unfortunately. And I usually don't prompt because I don't want to put anybody in the position to either be nice, Portland nice, and say, oh, yeah, I like that when they don't. I really like almost all pizza. I mean, I've had some crappy pizza, but it's usually not by somebody that, Well, it's pretty easy to avoid now because there's so much good pizza here. Have you, I'll just ask you one, have you tried, uh, because it's a little different, pyro at the food cart? No, uh uh-uh. I love that. It's like a little $10 pizza eating, if if you want to eat outside, right, and it's fairly easy. I really like the. I, I'm always ordering a sausage pizza. Their sausage pie is really nice. Oh yeah, totally. I know. I never even get over to Southeast. <laughs> right, that's where it is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Bad. I know. It's like. Uh, I mean, I try. Do you to. ever get to Southwest? Rarely. No one gets to Southwest. I'm talking yeah. about out far, not downtown Southwest. Oh, I'm talking. No. no, no, no. No, no I one really does. Try so, not to. Well, that's what you need to do. That's where you need to open your next place. No, 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 no. I walk to work. Like I seriously share a car with my mom, and I walk to work. I live in a bubble. So I have to ask that, and I know we're running short on time, but it's to me, it's remarkable that you can be so close with your sister and your mother, work together, live next to each other. And coexist, I guess that's, it's a kind of a rhetorical question because the obvious answer is, oh, we love each other. But how, does it ever get a little dicey with uh, everybody with you so know, much togetherness? Not really. God. It's very I can't dependent. Imagine. I just The whole can't triangle has to exist. Yes. It's very, very, you, everyone needs each other, you know. So, I mean, we, you know, we could be flip with each other. 
that's kind of the great part at work. It could be like, you know, and then it's over with. It's and not going to be permanent. But it doesn't happen outside of outside of the eh. kitchen. No, you're, no, it doesn't. We're pretty chill. So. Now, you should give seminars on that, on how to make that work. I would attend that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I mean, I don't know the answers. <laughs> yeah, and it seems to me that you're a little taken aback because it's like, well, doesn't that normally happen with everybody? No. Yeah, no, I know that. Yeah, yeah, no, I know that. <laughs> so it's great. So um, what do you have, what's your vision for the future? Do you think ever think about other restaurants? Is this fine for you with two children and your life? is does It seems like you've got some nice balance. Yeah, no, I love it. I do think about, um, and we talk about it a little bit, um, I would never have two restaurants. I can really only have, you know, one, but... Um, just because it's important for me to be there and run it. For me, I like to do that. And I can, even on days I have off, I sort of worry about it. It's in the back of my mind. I want to, you know, see what's going on. It's even hard for me to take a day off. You know, it's like, okay. But because if I kind of drop that ball, it's a lot to, like, build it back up. So um, we do talk about maybe something different. You know, not, it would involve pizza for sure. But, um, you know, it's, right now it's good. We're keeping it right now for the next foreseeable for a couple and few years or whatever. You're else. consistently busy, right? Yeah, yeah, we are. That's good. good. Yeah, this is as, as it goes. It gets better and better, you know, because I would say that we're in the stage where we don't like worry about things anymore, you know, and that's a big part. I've owned, we've owned restaurants together now for like twelve years, and there's a lot of worry in it, you know, and very stressful, you know, if you because it's a high cost business, you know, you can just your costs keep going whether you're busy or not you have to maintain that and so it's it's stressful to you know think that it's up to you to create your business which and, it is and employ a lot of really you know, people rely on you what you're thinking on um, the minimum wage issue and uh, what what that might do to re- not only your restaurant but other restaurants you know I have to say that I think we are very close to that minimum wage um, you know, I don't, it wouldn't make a big impact on us. I, you know, you really cannot pay people $10 an hour anymore or even whatever the minimum wage is in Oregon, nine ninety or whatever. That's actually not a wage that you can live on. And I'm not saying that we're a lot higher than that, but I do look to the future of, you know, trying to pay people a lot more, even more than $15 an hour and working on systems that a lot of restaurants are putting into place where, you know, eliminating tips, taking it, adding it to the bill, and then dividing it amongst your employees evenly. I mean, that's really an inevitable thing that's going to happen to everybody when that gets implemented because there's no tip credit in Oregon, so tips can't be counted towards that wage. Mm-hmm. And a lot of um, front of the house people making a lot more money than the back of house people because of tips. And I think even customers are ready for that, you know. Well, I think once, you know, right now it's all a new concept to everybody. So what I read is, gee, they're not, the customers aren't getting it, and we don't want to scare people away with 20% higher prices on our menu items. But I think if everybody starts to implement that, it's just Everyone a no-brainer to say, hey, to. I'm yeah. not leaving the tip, so it's it's yeah. right on the menu up front as opposed to calculating afterwards. I think it I think it's easy, right. and it's what they do in Europe. It's yeah. no problem. It makes sense. And there, I, it doesn't make sense that if you have 10 employees, three of them make the most money because customers leave extra money for what? It is like actually, actually group effort. actually aren't working as hard as the people well, in the back I of mean, the house. I don't they say that, hard, but it's but come on, yeah. kitchen work is not easy. And yeah, to, I mean, I've done them both extensively, and I like both of the jobs, and so I don't see either one of them as harder or easier or whatever else. But I do. It is one hundred percent an equal effort, you know. So well, on the other hand, some of the 
the folks in the kitchen get there early for prep. They're working and then working right through the end of the shift. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's, you know, it's, I don't know. So um, just to complete your list, what do you have in mind that you either would like to visit in Portland or uh, where, who's doing something, who's, who, who's cooking some amazing food right now, which is everybody is. Yeah. But has uh, uh, anything left a lasting impression on you? You know, I love to go to Ava Jean's and have all those wonderful homemade pastas that they make and sit at the uh, kitchen counter. Mm-hmm. And I think their kitchen staff is awesome. They're all really sweet. And a lot of them come for pizza. And it's like my idea of a really good time to sit there and share a bottle of rosé with someone and whatever. Just eat a bunch of pasta. Mm-hmm. Eat, eat like tons of food. You know, order it all. So that's basically like what I try to do at least once a month. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they have, we share a lot of same farmers and interests. And so I love going there and, and see Josh what they do. And Josh was amazing with his vegetables of course yeah all the and it's whole, a nice yeah. it's a nice vibe in there it's a beautiful oh, yeah. atmosphere it's beautiful and yes. i love roman candle next door during the oh, day yeah. it's a great place yes. to visit and go there all the time and too. their pizza's pretty good over there too it's totally good that's my my daughter's idea of a nightmare for some reason she hates going there i think it's just because it's not her idea of going she doesn't want to go out for pizza mm-hmm. anyway and so that's like i'm always like let's go to roman candle and she's always like ah but she will totally go to Ava Jean's instead of the <laughs> Well, that's a nice consolation for her. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, I love doing that. It's so, so fun. So yeah. where else Where else do you go? Either Do you always go out with the kids? You know, I try to just because if I have a night off, it's nice to hang out with them. Yeah, but not always. I get out, you know, with friends too. Um, where else do we go? God, I really think it's a small circle. Like I said, like this fall, I need to get out to more places because literally I sort of am creature of habit. And I will just, you know, go back to those places. Um, and it's funny. There are two schools in Portland, the creatures of habit, and the f- people have to go to only the new places. Yeah. And so the pe- the, the restaurants that have been around and surviving for so long, um, don't they're not in that mix. And they're not thought of when it comes to best and so forth. So Yeah. I um, mean, I th- you but know. So we need people like you. <laughs> who are creatures of habit. I think it's good. people going out to the same places. I mean, I, I like to go places that change their menu. That's a big, I mean, and seasonal stuff is super important to me. I If I can go somewhere that has farm produce, I'm, that's my Well, there's no goal. shortage of those. No, in Portland. I think most of them are changing their menus. There are very few. Yeah, So. yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah. I don't think we had enough time. I feel like I didn't cover <laughs> lots and we part touched two. here no. and we touched, but yeah, I'd love to do part two. <laughs> we haven't done a lot of part twos and I think we ought to we ought to think about doing that because this was delightful. I didn't know you very well other than a, a few visits. And by the way, I will say your salads are, those are some of the moments I've had in my culinary uh, life here in Portland that have been um, very important because i should eat more salads and i've yeah, had a few years and i always think man if i was here and if i lived in your neighborhood i'd be there eating salads Sweet. all the time you yeah. make you make wonderful thank salads. you really love them thanks so i'll see you soon next time okay. I'm, and by next time salad comes to the top of my <laughs> mind which should be more often we'll catch up okay sounds good thank you Right at the Fork is recorded in the beautiful studios at Alpha Media and expertly sound engineered by Court Johnson and produced by me, Heather Jones. If you want to find us, we are on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud. We love ratings and reviews, so thank you to those who have done that, and please, we hope you'll continue to do so. You can find us at portlandfoodanddrink.com and portlandfoodadventures.com and, of course, right at thefork.com. 
discoverportland.net and now at foodcartsportland.com. Lots of great places to find us. We're also on Twitter, Food Podcast PDX, and of course, Facebook as well. Also on our website, we now have a donate button. So if you enjoy the podcast and want to see it continue, please donate and thank you so much.